0: Welcome to the Maiden Fan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the biggest metal band in the world, Iron Maiden. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Maiden Fan Podcast. Now, uh, I'm sort of just winging it here. I just hit record and uh, see what happens. I, uh, my name is Mike. And, um, as you may have guessed, I am a Iron Maiden fan, and I would assume that you're an Iron Maiden fan, too, otherwise you wouldn't have bothered to download the podcast. basically, what is this podcast? Um not really sure yet, but I have some ideas. What I'd like to do is kind of uh just obviously focus everything on Iron Maiden, you know, talk about. Uh, My personal experiences with, you know, the music Um, Give concert reviews of of shows that I've seen over the years Um, Album reviews, you know, discuss different albums Um, Maybe have a whole episode dedicated to one album Or have entire episodes dedicated to a member of the band Or even perhaps a former member of the band Um, Also would like to take email and voicemail input from listeners If you're out there And, um, you know, look, (coughs) excuse me, look out there on the Internet and uh, see what's new in the world of Iron Maiden. You know, if any news items are out there, of course, I'd like to report them to you. Um, Let me just give you a brief kind of uh, background on who I am. My name is Mike, and I live in Massachusetts. I am 30 years old and I have been an Iron Maiden fan since I was 13. Um, Which, to me, is early on, but in the world of Iron Maiden, it's kind of late in their game. The first Iron Maiden album that I purchased was Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. And... um, i i remember bringing the album home and uh and at this time i had like guns and roses and poison and slaughter uh those were my tapes and i remember bringing the album home and, and looking in the sleeve you know at, at what the band looked like because I, I really didn't have a, that um great of an idea of what the band looked like and um i'm like geez these guys you know they have long hair but is that guy wearing a sweater like they're in sweaters and jeans. They weren't they didn't have their hair teased up. They weren't wearing tight uh you know, leather pants or they didn't have makeup or and they didn't try to look evil either or like scary. They just looked like a bunch of guys and I thought that was quite interesting. Now at the time I was also getting heavy into playing guitar. I picked up guitar a couple of years earlier and um one of my things I would do in my guitar lessons was you know bring a tape with me. You know, every week and say, I want to learn this song. I want to learn that song. And that's good if you, uh, you know, if you want to learn how to play songs. It's not very good if you want to learn how to read music, which, of course, I don't know how to do still to this day. But I can play a lot of songs. So, and I love to play Iron Maiden songs. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm ever gonna actually going to show you, me, you know, a, an example of me playing an Iron Maiden song because it's not that good. But when I plug my guitar into my computer and hit iTunes and, and play along with songs, it sounds all right to me. But anyway, getting back to that first album, I, I bought the first album. You know, there was a, there was a friend of mine, Bill, who uh, I went to school with from first grade all the way to high school, and I and I knew he was into this band, and um, you know, I, I, but I didn't know anything about them. So uh, one night, of course, Saturday night, MTV, what did everybody watch? Headbangers Ball, of course. And at the time, you know, of course, I'm, I want to see, um, you know, what's new with Slaughter and Poison, Guns and Roses. Oh yeah, those those were some heavy metal bands. But then, um, you know, all of a sudden, that Ricky Rackman comes on and says, you know, hey, we're going to have a, a song coming up here from Iron Maiden. And I thought, oh, that's the band that Bill listens to. He that's the one he really loves. You know, let's have a listen to the song. And of course, I heard the song. I thought it was really cool. Um, And I kind of forgot about it a little bit. And, uh, you know, we went to, a couple weeks later, my family and I, we went to Strawberries. You know, first we went to church, then we went out to dinner, then we went to Strawberries. And and, um, at Strawberries, you know, my brother and I could each pick out a tape. And I'm looking around and I'm trying, I mean, I would spend so long at a record store trying to find, you know, the tape, that I'm gonna invest my nine dollars in because I- is it worth it? Can I just buy a single, you know? Do I really need the entire slaughter album or could I just buy Fly to the Angels for 99 cents? But out of nowhere I thought, you know what? That Iron Maiden. That's the band. That's that's the tape I wanna get. And I remember my brother being like, Iron Maiden? Well, I, I know them a little. When I was younger, my brother's three years older than me. Um, you, you really like them? You're not going to like them. I thought, no, no, no. I heard the song on Headbangers Ball. Um, and, and I know I like it. So I bought the tape. I'd I make my parents play it in the car on the way home. And our Cutlass Supreme had a tape deck, so it was really styling. And um, I put the song in. And the first song came out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the song. That's the song I heard. No, no, wait, wait a minute. Maybe it wasn't. Put the second song on. I'm like, oh, was this a song? I or... heard? I don't know. It's cool, though. But no, I'm not sure if that's it. And then the third song came on. And I knew right away, hey, this is it. This is the song. And I knew that the moment I heard the first word sung. Can I play with madness? The moment... I heard this song My Idea Of what good music is Changed forever Um I couldn't stop listening to this tape All the way through And uh I remember You know that was a Saturday night Monday I went up to Bill And I said Yo dude I bought Seven Son of the Seventh Son Iron Maiden Man it's excellent It's awesome I really I really like it And um you know, he was like, Oh, I have some other tapes you can borrow. So he lets me borrow uh right off the bat he lets me borrow Live After Death. So I'm like, Okay, cool, live album, awesome. The cover was so cool, it had Eddie, you know, coming out of the graves, all blue and everything, and um I got to really listen to it and, you know, hear all these great songs that that I didn't know of. You know, this was way before, you know, Seven Sun came out. So these are the first times I'm hearing these songs: "Running Free," "Iron Maiden," "Revelations," um, you know, uh, what the hell's the name of the song? You know, "The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner." It was it was like a learning experience. It was like a, a crash course on Maiden. You know, before they had a greatest hits album, or before people could make mix CDs or anything like that. Well, no, they could make mixed tapes then, but no one did. So, um, no, at least no one made a Maiden tape for me. But um, this was like, you know, a, a real quick lesson on on who Iron Maiden is. And from there I, I worked uh years later I worked at a video store. Um but my brother worked at a video store and it was basically basically right across the street from our house. You know, you walk five minute walk. And I went there and they had two videos. They had uh Live After Death Live and they had twelve wasted years. So I rented those and I poured right through that and you know, y- y- it was it was it was learning the music, it was learning about the band, it was it was seeing these guys interviewed and realizing that they're just people and they weren't like uh trying to trying to be heavy, you know, dark or 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 um, you know, like punk ass, you know, you know, jackass rock and roll guys. They just were I, I guess lack of a better term, they were artists and it really got me hooked and Bill let me borrow after that let me borrow peace of mind. And he let me borrow um, Number of the Beast. And, you know, I, I, m- mindless to say, I was also going to Catholic school at the time. We were eighth grade at a Catholic school, you know, blue shirt, green tie every day. And uh, I went to church every week with my parents, but they never cared about the music I listened to because um, they always knew I liked rock and I played guitar, and it never bothered them. You know, I guess that's what happens when you stay out of trouble. You can't blame the music but if you get into trouble then you know first thing they want to look at is music but um i remember you know playing run to the hills in the car and my parents enjoying it to a degree you know they, they thought it was kind of catchy and i remember playing rhyme of the ancient mariner in the car and my father recognizing it because he was an english teacher an english major in college and he he recognized some of the uh, lyrics and you know i think that impressed him a little and uh, back to the catchy part i think that the intricacies of th- of the music the time changes where they go from ding ding and then bam bam and they switch so quickly but then the choruses were so catchy the singing was so good the writing was so smart all of it came together and it would just—it was just like a perfect song, crafted into, uh, you know, art. I know I'm probably repeating myself, but you know, as I said, I'm winging this first episode here. Um, this first episode, of course, is called "Iron Maiden and Me." You know, so it's—it's it's personally my thoughts on the band, obviously. Um, so you know, eighth grade was the time where I really discovered Iron Maiden. Okay, I guess I mentioned Slaughter. Slaughter I didn't discover till my Washington trip. Same year. I still like the hair stuff, but it wasn't the same as Iron Maiden. And, um, October of that year, I broke my arm. October 23rd, 1989, I broke my elbow. Still have the scars on my elbow. I could take a picture and put it on the website, but that's gruesome and boring. Um... But anyway, oh, the, web- the website, maidenfanpodcast.com, but you might already know that. Anyway, I broke my arm, and um, I had to spend a week in the hospital. Now, when you're a kid and you have to spend a week in a the hospital, there are the downsides. You don't get to go outside. You don't get to hang out with your friends. There are the upsides. You don't have to go to school, and people buy you things um i'll i'll never forget my parents purchased for me my very own copy of live after death, and to this day, two thousand and seven, I still have this conversation with my grandmother she had a, a she, my parents wrote down a few things for her, you know she wanted to get me a tape. She went into record town over at the Methuen mall, Methuen, Massachusetts. <sighs> And um, went in with the tape, found the tape, went up to the register with a nice brand new copy of Number of the Beast. This is my grandmother. My grandmother bought me Iron Maiden Number of the Beast. How cool is that? And I remember the guy, she told me, the guy said, this isn't for you, is it? She's like, oh, no, my grandson broke his arm. And when I got that tape, man, I already knew a lot of the songs from when Bill let me borrow it and from Live After Death. And I wore that thing out because I had a Walkman in the hospital with me. So I played that over and over and over. And um, you know then I also started wanted to buy more Maiden tapes. I'm like, okay, I got three. I want more. Well, my brother just got a thing called the CD player. Actually, he bought it the day I broke my arm. I, I, I'm sad that I know that. And if I remember correctly, the CD that he purchased with his CD player was... Pump, I think, by Aerosmith, which is wrong, probably. I don't know. Anyway, he also bought a couple of Maiden CDs because he was getting into, you know, uh, the band because I was getting into him, And he bought somewhere in time. <clears throat> and oh, that is just that is almost, that's an underrated album because not a lot of songs get played live from that album. And it's a great one. Um, and he bought Seventh Son. He bought his own copy of Seventh Son because of the crispness of the CD. Man, this is so crisp. It's a CD. It's beautiful. Um, but, of course, Christmas is coming around the corner, and I wanted albums. I wanted new stuff. So my parents got me, I'm pretty sure. They got me Peace of Mind. They got me Made in Japan. They got me the original Iron Maiden. Now, Made in Japan... To me, I thought it was another live album, <coughs> but, you know, in the in the truth of it, it's an EP. They had a few songs on there. And, of course, the original Iron Maiden, which you heard the uh, title track from the title album from the band. Basically, their theme song, almost, Iron Maiden. And it was, you know, things were different then. I didn't really, you know, that, that those few tapes didn't have liner notes, um, so I didn't know who was in the band. And, um... I didn't have the internet, so I couldn't look stuff up. Couldn't look it up on Wikipedia who was in the band. But I remember um, hearing a voice. I'm like, that voice is a little different. That's interesting. That's interesting. Is there another singer in this band? Was there another guy? And I remember my friend's like, oh, no, no, there's one singer. And then, um, obviously, I'm I'm getting my times mixed up because in 12 Wasted Years, uh, Paul Diano, the singer we're talking about, uh, was in it. Um, but I remember asking my guitar teacher, oh, is there a different singer? Oh, yeah, they used to have a different teach, uh, different singer. So um, it, w- it was it cool because it was, you know, I was like, oh, this guy was there for the first couple albums? That's interesting. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, you know, I listen to a, a station called Heart Attack on Sirius uh, Satellite Radio, and this guy, Ian Christie, who um, likes to say that, that Paul Diano is the best uh, maiden singer and The Killers is the best Maiden album. And while I have to agree that those first two albums are excellent, it's a different style of singing. And Paul Diano pulls it off nicely, but nothing can compare with Bruce. Now, um... You know, so that 8th grade year, I'm just... I'm I'm totally pumped, pouring through all the Maiden stuff, learning it all, you know? And, um... Finally, I'm going to high school and very excited because Iron Maiden is set to release a new album. And how did I find that out? Well, Hit Parade, of course, you know, before before just, you know, going to their website um, or getting a text message from Iron Maiden dot com telling me when new things are happening. I don't know if they do that, but they should. You would go to Hit Parade, you hit the magazines aisles at at your bookstore. You wouldn't buy them, but, you know, look up revolver, look up metal. Edge, or you look up Hip Raider. And um, Iron Maiden has a brand new album. Finally, finally, I get to enjoy New Maiden along with all the other Maiden fans out there. It's a lot like Harry Potter, you know. I read the first four books after they came out, but I got to enjoy the five and six with uh, the rest of the people out there. Sorry, didn't mean to bring in a Harry Potter reference here, but uh, I am reading the books right now. And if you don't read them, or if you never read them, they're 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 less kid books than you think. Um, whoa, that was a tangent. I'll do that from time to time. And if you're still awake and, and with me, um, really quickly, I want to tell you uh, about the website address, which I already mentioned is maidenfanpodcast.com. dot com. I also have an email address, which is maidenfanpodcast at gmail dot com. And of course, at the website, um, you know, I'll be able to. Uh, you'll be able to see my phone number. My voicemail number, that is, which is two zero six three three seven zero four six six. If you call that, which I'm calling the Eddie Hotline, you can, uh, you know, send me a voicemail of your thoughts on Maiden, your thoughts on the show, or you can just insult me. The email address again is maidenfanpodcast at gmail dot com, and there's also a link to uh, subscribe to the podcast feed, which. You obviously already have a subscribe through iTunes or Podcast Pickle or Podcast Alley. Otherwise you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't be here in the first place. Wow, Where did I go with that? Oh, yes. finally, Maiden's coming out with a new album. No prayer for the dying. And of course, for that album, they're going on tour. No prayer on the road or for the road or something like that. I'm pumped i cannot go to an iron maiden concert without an iron maiden shirt so i sent my parents salem new hampshire there's a little place called spinout records um they're no longer there which is sad because that's a gr- it was a great place to go to get you know rare recordings and they were also a ticketmaster agent so i remember standing sitting in line 5 in the morning uh, to get Kiss tickets and to get Metallica tickets um, years later. But they also had a lot of rock T-shirts. And my parents, I think they ordered it, and it finally came. It was the, um, the Iron Maiden. It was like, can I play with madness? It had a fist going through Eddie's head and a spoon in his, in his skull. It was awesome. It was totally awesome. Um, but of course, you know, a concert T-shirt does not allow you to get into the concert. You have to have tickets. So, I can't believe I remember all this stuff. They were playing at the Worcester Centrum in Worcester, Massachusetts, which, that has a different name now, too. But, they were going on tour with Anthrax. Anthrax, I know them. They're that band who sings Who's the Man? Or, I'm the Man, or something like that, right? I didn't know much about them. Besides, I'm the man. I'm so bad I should be in detention. Anyway, the tickets were going on sale, I think, January 1st or 2nd. But I was going to be in Disney World with a friend of mine and his family. Me, my brother, my friend, and his parents all went to Disney World the day after Christmas. I remember this like it was yesterday. I was on a payphone. That's right, folks. This was before cell phones. I was on a payphone using a calling card, calling home from somewhere in, in Orlando my father telling me we got two tickets. You're going to see the the concert. It was my first concert. I remember jumping up and down. It was great. I was so excited. Excellent, awesome. And of course, I went back to school. I told my buddy Bill, "Hey, I'm going to see this concert." Bill's like, "I'm going too. I got tickets." I thought this was so cool. We're gonna have to look for each other. You know, Worcester Central. Is kind of a big place. You know, to go to a concert and run into someone. Um, would be hard to do. And of course, we didn't see each other. But that um, was my first Iron Maiden concert. It was my first overall concert. It was, you know, I, I, I've never been so more, so excited in my life. My brother had already been to a couple, uh, a couple concerts, I think. He saw Weird Al at the Hampton Beach, he's seen him. And he saw Kiss on their Crazy Nights tour. Oh God, that's bad. Okay, I love Crazy Nights, good song. Anyway, um, I remember seeing uh, anthrax coming out there, and it was so loud. I've I've never heard music that loud before. It was awesome. And then the lights come up, and everyone's sitting around. You hear when they're getting the drum techs all ready. And we're like, oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. This is it. And um, out of nowhere, the music started. When I look back on it now, No Prayer for the Dying, to me, is an okay album. It's not one of my favorites. But this song by far, the best song on the album, to me, it, it's up there with with a classic Maiden song, and it disappoints me that the other times that I've seen Maiden to follow, they've yet to play that song again. That being said, this concert was excellent. Some of my high points, of course, was you know Tail Gunner, the beginning. I remember being run to the hills. I remember Heaven Can Wait. I can remember that perfect because when they go, Heaven can wait, they had these big lights. And when he says, Wait, the light would shine on one side of the audience and the light would shine on the other side of the audience. It was awesome. The production, awesome. You know, they had, um, the 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 had, um, The Big Eddie came out. Um, and now that I think about it, actually, the production was I wouldn't say awesome. It was, it was okay, and uh, that's because they kind of went back to basics on this one. There, there was no giant Eddie coming out of over the drums. Instead, they just had these, these little cloth kind of banners, and they were still cool. It was still like the, all the albums and all that crap, but it was pretty basic, and it was um, their first real tour with their new guitarist. Yannick Gers, who uh, played in Bruce's solo album, "The uh, Tattooed Millionaire," and it was it was different um, than this than the videos and the live shows I'd seen because Yannick plays differently than than uh, Adrian Smith, who he replaced. He's definitely more of a free kind of player, runs around, throws the guitar all over the place, does all this crazy stuff. And he's great, and he is a member of Iron Maiden, and he's been there for almost 20 years now, which is amazing. He's been there, what, 17 years, I think, 90, 91, something like that. Um, You know, but it's definitely a different style. But it was still, (sighs) it was awesome. It, it It was excellent. And um, that was the last time that I ever saw Iron Maiden until, geez, nine years later. But I'm getting ahead of myself and, wow, I'm already 25 minutes in and hopefully I haven't bored you yet. Maybe you got your iPod going on your way to work or maybe um, you're taking a nap on the train and if you're taking a nap, wake up. Okay, did I I get your attention? Good. Bill the next day and kind of talking about the concert. And it was funny, my parents actually were in their car outside waiting for us. And they saw Bill and his brother and another kid that we went to school with. All going by and they all waved at each other. But uh, we never saw Bill. And, geez, uh, I'll get back to that. There's a there's a is a is a neat little uh, thing about myself and Bill going to Iron Maiden concerts, um, but anyway, where are we now? We're in freshman year of high school, and um, at this point, you know, I'm huge in Maiden, and uh, Maiden puts out one more album while I'm in high school. And That album is Fear of the Dark. Now I didn't see them for this tour. I'm not even sure if they came around to Boston. They probably did. But, um, you know, I was, uh, by that time, let's see, was I a junior in high school? And, uh, was I a senior in high school? No, I was a junior in high school when, uh, Fear of the Dark came out. And, uh, I liked it. You know, I, I liked a lot of songs on it. I, I enjoy it more now as I'm older, but I would find myself listening to it, listening to it, liking some of the songs. I love Afraid to Shoot Strangers. And, um. You know, uh, "Here to Eternity" was a very catchy song, and I was—I I was into the catchy, catchy, catchy songs. You know, "Run to the Hills," uh, "Sun and Steel," um, uh, "Wasted Years." You know, this album had some of those songs, but didn't have a ton of them. So I still find myself going back, listening to the old stuff. Going back, listening to the old stuff. In fact, I—I for, I forgot to mention. On my way to the first concert, I had—I I gave my mother peace of mind to put in the tape. And I had my little uh, liner notes in the back, and I sang all the songs. My mother's like, "You know all the words?" It's like, "No, I'm 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 cheating." But I'm I, I was almost like studying, before a big test because I didn't want to look like a fool in front of all these other uh, people around me. And it was cool. At the concert, also because there were kids there, and there were people almost my parents' age there, or at least definitely you know in their thirties, because um, they they were around so long at that point. And I found myself. Now I'm those people going to these shows, and you know those kids are probably my age at the time. It, it there is a there is a huge span of of um, you know age for Iron Maiden fans, and hopefully they're still making new fans today. Um, but at this point, my room was was pest, was pestered, pasted, posted, Iron Maiden posters all over the place. I had uh they had an album that's like called uh, 10 Wasted Years. Even though they were around for 12 years, it was like a decade of Eddie or something. And I had another one where Eddie was a judge. And I had a, a couple where it was like Two Minutes to Midnight and um, Phantom of the Opera, these little mini posters. And then I on my print shop, on my Apple IIc, I, I made a printout of Iron Maiden in every album name. And I had that all over my room. And then I made a big giant uh, banner you could do with the old Apple II. It would print out. I'd have two skull and crossbones in the middle. It said, up the irons. I had that all over my room. And then senior high school, I met my wife. And, um, you know, that is when I, I was listening to a lot more grunge, crap, which I still like, but. I was really starting to listen to a band called the Mighty Mighty Bostones, which I still like. I'm all over the place with music. But I was still listening to Maiden, left and right, left and right. In fact, um, you know, even though I didn't see Iron Maiden again for nine years, there was still a concert every year in my life. Sophomore year was Van Halen. Junior year was Metallica. And senior year was Metallica, Suicidal and Danzig. Uh, My wife, my girlfriend at the time, wanted to go. But uh, luckily, my friends and I talked her out of it. But I went to college, and uh, I'm a freshman at college, and Iron Maiden hasn't put on an album in a while. And then I hear that Bruce Dickinson is quitting the band, going on to be a solo artist. So I thought, okay, that's it. Game over. Iron Maiden's done. I love them. That's great. They put out some cool albums. They're still my favorite band of all time. That was a point in history that is gone. I may be getting my years mixed up. I don't know. Then, of course, I hear that they're coming out with a new singer, Blaze Bailey. So my college years of high, of um, Iron Maiden are basically the Blaze years. For those of you who know the Blaze years, this is when I was at college, Fitchburg State College in Fitchburg, Massachusetts. FSC.edu, and I couldn't compete. All the kids around me were listening to hip-hop. And their stereos were bigger than mine. But I was trying to crank Megadeth. I was trying to crank uh, Faith No More, Black Sabbath, and, of course, Iron Maiden. And, um... You know, I did all right. I could crank it, um... You know, kind of loud. I would definitely crank it run to the hills. And, um, bring my guitar up and, and play along. Um... And it was my sophomore year of college that my, I came home one weekend and my brother bought me the X Factor with a brand new singer, the Blaze Bailey, of course, we've mentioned before. And I put the first song in, it was like, oh, standing alone in the wind and rain. And I thought, oh my God, this guy's like a young kind of Bruce and it had a perfect maiden sound to it. It was a long song. And um, to me, that was kind of it. The album had a lot of songs that were like Blank of Blank, Lord of the Flies, Something of the Something, you know. And um, it was a lot of slow, dark music. And I think that Steve Harris was going through some stuff at the time. I hope he was, because that was some dark, slow music. Um, And it just wasn't very catchy to me. And to me, it was all about you know, the catchy song. And, um, you know, so I bought the, uh, and I listened to it still, and you know I tried to get into it. And I still wore my Maiden shirts around school because I loved Maiden. I had to represent. That's what the kids say, right? So I'd still wear my Maiden stuff all over the place. And, um, God, what was it? My senior year of college and my girlfriend, who's now my wife, at this point was my fiancé. And I remember we had the internet finally in um, our dorm. And I saw on Iron Maiden's website, which was at the time, I think, Iron ironmaiden.co.uk that there was a new album. The new Blaze album was out. And I thought, you know what? I gotta get it. You know, I I still love this band. I gotta get the album. I ended up borrowing money from my girlfriend, my fiancé at the time. And I went out to the mall, and I purchased Virtual 11. I knew uh, nothing about the songs, nothing about the album, but it was Iron Maiden, so I had to do it. And I have to tell you something. It's a really good Iron Maiden album. It was definitely the... blew away the X Factor, whatever it was. Yeah, the X Factor. Um, as far as... Uh, a Blaze record, and it was, uh, you know, there are songs up there that I still listen to today that are, are great, sung live, and um, they're just good Maiden songs. And I listened to that over and over and over, and, and I really did. It was like, you know, back in the Maiden land, and, you know, I tried to convince my brother. Couldn't quite do it, but, um you know, he... Uh, I was just, I was pleased. You know, it was, it was not the same. Things weren't the same for Maiden, but I was still happy. And I remember hearing that they were, they were on tour and they were playing a club, I think in like Connecticut or something and thought about making the trip down, but never did. You know, it was tough because I was graduating from uh, college and I was trying to get internships at the time and trying to get a job, planning for a wedding. And, um, you know, it was, God, uh I mean, the wedding was a year away still, but this is 99. And I'll remember this. I was temping at a place for the day. Uh, I do computer junk. So I was temping at a place for the day. And, you know, you could browse the web when I had nothing else to do. So I happened, for no other reason than just for curiosity, to jump on Iron Maiden's website. And I couldn't believe it. What was this I saw? A photo with six members of Iron Maiden. Blaze Bailey was out. Bruce Dickinson and Adrian Smith were back in. Now, over the last few uh, couple of years, Bruce Dickinson put out a couple solo albums, and he was working again with Adrian Smith, who was the longtime guitarist for Maiden, till Yannick replaced them. Him, and um, now there there was a picture of them all holding a pint of beer in their hands and smiling, and it said, you know, uh, Bruce and Adrian back in the band. New album, uh, you know, planned, and they are also putting out a game called Ed Hunter. And they were having a summer tour. I freaked. I emailed my brother right away. We're getting tickets. We're going to this concert. So, um, you know, right away, I don't care. There was no album yet, and Ed Hunter came out. And, uh, a horrible game. I never understood the game. I thought it stunk. I bought it anyway, because one CD had music on it. Um... God, at this point I I should say that um, they did release one other kind of greatest hits thing it was called Best of the Beast and I had that in my uh, junior year of college that came out so it probably was 97 something like that Um, and I wore that thing out a lot because there was some cool live stuff on it with Blaze even singing and everything else I basically had but you know it was nice to um, you know have it all packaged together it was made and I had to buy it you know so, um or I got it for Christmas, God, I don't remember. Anyway, back back to uh you know the Ed Hunter stuff. The game wasn't that good, but the tour was basically to promote the game. because um, they didn't have an album yet. They were working on an album they didn't have it yet. So God, where am I now? We're in nineteen ninety nine. And they're playing at the Worcester Palladium, which is a theater Not really a venue, not really a club. It's not a a stadium or an amphitheater or anything like that. It's it's a theater. Um, And they were having an opening act of a band called Clutch, who I knew nothing about. And um, I didn't give a crap. It was Maiden, 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 Maiden. And the day of the concert, I remember reading on their website that Adrian Smith couldn't make it because his father died, I believe. So it was going to be down to it was going to be five guys going to be the same five guys that I saw, uh, the first time around, in Worcester. This time this was in Boston, at the Orpheum. Did I say the Palladium? Orpheum, Boston Orpheum. That's where the concert was. It was July. It was the day that JFK Jr. His plane crashed and he was missing and he you know he died. It was the same day that I believe. David Wells pitched a perfect game because I remember seeing it on a uh, big screen, eating food. You know, the only two guys in this little restaurant with Iron Maiden shirts on. I went there with a piece of crap shirt. I bought myself an Ed Hunter shirt, which I wore for years. I'd still be wearing it now, but I gave it to my brother. That's right, my older brother, so he could have a Maiden shirt. I'll get into that later for a concert years later. And, um... You know, bought my Ed Hunter shirt and gave my brother, I think, I don't know, I don't know, one of my stinky shirts, one of my old shirts. It was probably like the No Prayer for the Dying shirt with the big hooks. Hooks in you, hooks in me, hooks in the ceiling and the ground you're feeling. I can't stop saying, sorry. God, I feel like I'm going a long time, but you know what? This is my first episode, and I'm just going to rant and talk about what Iron Maiden kind of meant to me. So I hope you're still with me. Again, the website's maidenfanpodcast.com. The email is maidenfanpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, the phone number for you to send me voicemail is 206-337-0466. I hope to hear from you guys. So where were we? All right, so the the, the concert. So um, the second time I'm going to see them, the Orpheum. Clutch comes on. The, I thought they sucked. There was like ten people there that enjoyed them. Not, you know, uh, I guess people like them. I've heard them on 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 you know satellite radio a few times. Uh, they're supposed to be good. I didn't enjoy them whatsoever. I could care less. I was like, just bring on the maiden, bring on the maiden. Now this Orpheum. It was July. It was steaming hot. There was no air conditioning in this place, and uh, they had fans going and some doors open. And then the room went dark and Eddie. Maiden, made and back and forth, back and forth. Some people are going Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. And we're all excited. And this little video montage comes on and they didn't have an album to promote. So instead of, you know, getting ready for the first song, the first, you know, hit from the new album, all you heard was Winston Churchill's voice. We shall go on to the end, whatever the fight may be. We shall fight on the land of ground. We shall fight on the... Stu- I don't know. I can't... I don't remember off the top of my head. We're the We shall never surrender. And then... <laughs> Ace is High came out. And we're like, oh, yeah. And, um, you know, there's only four guys out there. And all of a sudden, Bruce comes out. Tight, friggin', like... Spandex pants, his big colorful jacket, and he's dancing around like he was ten, fifteen years ago. There goes the siren that warns of the air race. I apologize again for my singing, but it was just, just thinking about it right now. It was going nuts. It was awesome, awesome, and um, you know it was it was a it was a great night because they played uh, my brother's you know one of my two of my brother's favorite songs. They played one of them wasted years so he finally got to hear wasted years live we still haven't heard can i play with madness live so that's bothering me but um it got so hot at one point my brother (laughs) my brother's like look dude i'm gonna die he he went out he went out and sat out by where it was cooler i said look i waited nine years to see this band again i ain't leaving i think i lost five pounds that night and believe me if you if you know me if you haven't seen the size of me losing five pounds is a good thing excuse me it's tired. It's almost eleven thirty at night, and I've been doing this for a while. But um, you know, the concert was awesome. It was great to see Maiden again. It was it was great that they were actually back. I thought, oh, this is nice that they're doing a tour, but they're actually back. They're going to work on an album. Excellent. Driving home. You know. Um, to get to where I live there's basically, you take the highway home from Boston and you go through this little tunnel. In the tunnel I turn. This is nine years later. This is five years after I got out of high school. Four years since I've seen this guy. I turn. The car starts beeping next to me. It's Bill, who I saw at the, who was at the first Iron Man concert with me, his brother who was there, and a couple of friends that I went to high school with. They were beeping and were yelling, man. It was hilarious. It was great. It was unbelievable. It was just like you, you couldn't you could have planned for a better moment. And, um, you know, to me, Maiden was back. I was excited. Everything was great. Let's see. Fast forward another year. And now in April of 2000, I got married. Um, and that year also brought uh, us moving into our, our first home together. And it brought to me, the Iron Maiden fan, A Brave New World, the first Bruce Maiden album since Fear of the Dark back in 92, I think. And um, it was like a breath of fresh air to hear this music again. And, you know, to hear the Wicker Man... Unbelievable! It was like the catchy songs, the choruses, the time they cha- they've done it. They have recaptured their the excitement. You know, they have the long songs. They reintroduced the nice long songs, the intricate songs, the great lyrics. It was it was. You know, I'm not saying I I that that both Blaze albums were horrible. I'm not saying all the songs are horrible. I I enjoyed Virtual Eleven. There were some parts of X Factor I liked but to hear Bruce singing it again, you people out there, you know, right it was it it just couldn't be matched, you know, obviously Bruce is my favorite maiden singer. he is the maiden singer, as far as I'm concerned, but let me know if you think otherwise you know, send me an email, shoot me a voicemail, you can find it all at maidenfanpostcast dot com if I could talk, I would say it correctly, but um you know that was awesome, and the, the to get the album was great, and they were going on tour and basically i I made a um I made a a pact with my wife. I said, look, honey, for as long as Harry Connick Jr. is touring, whenever he comes around here, I will take you to see him. But for as long as Iron Maiden is touring, whenever they come around here, I'm going to go see them. So to be honest, the two acts that I've seen the most are Harry Connick Jr. and Iron Maiden. Not something you'd really uh, you'd think would go together, but, you know, two different styles of music, two still great concerts. So, 2000 came around, 2000, they're going on tour with Rob Halford and Queensryche. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't wait. Boom, went online, ordered tickets. So we went to go see them at the Tweeter Center in Mansfield, Massachusetts. At the time, it was called the Tweeter Center. Before that, it was called Great Woods. It's a, it was a great place to see a show because it's like, it, it has that festival kind of feel, you know, it's got the big outdoor seating with a roof, then it's got grass seats, which I don't think, I think it's just dirt now. Um, but I would see, uh, They would not be the last time I saw Iron Maiden there. But again, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, you know, I'm seeing Maiden again, and this time, they have an album. And this time, they have a giant stage show. And this time... They have two great opening acts that I love. Rob Halford came out there just as leathery as ever and he could he belted those songs out there. He did a lot of his own stuff, a couple of Judas Priest songs. Queensright came out there and they've always been a favorite of mine and I could and I sang along with a lot of songs. And then Bruce came out there. And, you know, he, he talked about touring with uh with, with bands that with singers that could actually sing. And and they came out there and they started right off with Wicker Man and it was just awesome. And I remember this, this big guy next to me was basically singing along with every song. And I do that too, but he was holding an a invisible microphone in his right hand, and he was holding the microphone up to his mouth and singing along. And that was, uh, that was odd. But again, great concert, best concert of my life at the time. You know, awesome, awesome, great. So that's 2000. And I think, let's see. You know, that's the f- last Maiden album for a couple of years. i um, going to go and say 2003, I think. Maiden announces a tour again. Now, they don't have an album to promote. But um, I think they had Edward the Great or Greatest Hits album or something like that. Maybe that's what they were promoting. But they're going on tour with Motorhead and Dio. Now... Been to three Iron Maiden shows and I've sat far away in every single one. This time things were going to be different. I was taking my cousin and his friend and my brother. I was in charge of getting the tickets. I went to Filene's basement, which was in, in Salem, New Hampshire, the Rockingham Mall. They have a Ticketmaster booth there. And I got that bright and early. I got a wristband. I got called second in line. I said, give me the best thing you got. Thinking it'd be fourth row, center stage. Fourth row, center stage. Iron Maiden. It couldn't get any better than that. We get there that night, and Motorhead starts. And to be honest with you, every Motorhead song sounded the same to me. Except, of course, Ace of Spades. And I thought they played the Ace of Spades two or three times before I realized it wasn't that song. But they were still fun. And um Ace of you know, motorhead's just about done. I realized we're not sitting in the right spot, so we moved our seats. Ronnie James Dio comes out here. The Duke sings. It was unbelievable. And uh, you know, he's only like three and a half feet tall and uh he's balding on top, but the guy can still sing and he and he's he's a professional. And um what happens next? Iron Maiden comes out. Oh boy, this was um, this was great because you didn't know what they were going to open with. It was, again, just like at the, um, you know, the Ed Hunter thing where they opened up with Aces High. You had no idea what they are going to open with. Lights go down. All of a sudden you hear, "World to you, O Earth and Sea, for the devil sends the beast with wrath, because he knows there's no And we are freaking out, everyone's singing along and then of a sudden it's dark and I left alone the 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 lights opened up I couldn't believe how close they were to me the the Bruce looks like he's gonna jump out of the stage on top of you musically concert wise to this day still best concert best night of my life as far as a concert concerned, no doubt you know they 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 i can sing along with every song. It was great. They um they you know, they even played a new song, which at the time I thought well, that's kind of interesting. That's pretty good. Now of course, you know I'm on my way out on the road again. You know, it's it's to me it's a maiden it's a classic maiden song now. Because they were coming out with an album later that year, Dance of Death. A boo Fast forward to Dance of Death. Oh my God. This is the best friggin' Maiden album in years. When I heard Monsecure, I don't know how to pronounce that song. When I, heard the, when I went through those first five songs, I thought, holy shit, this is the best Maiden album since Seven Son of the Seven Son. And I still say that to this day. But there was no tour coming around for me to go to. But luckily... The following year, they came out with a DVD called Iron Maiden The Early Years. If you're a Maiden fan, I highly recommend picking this DVD up. It is so great. So they were going to go on a tour called The Early Years Tour, where they were going to play songs from only their first four albums, which, of course, are Iron Maiden, Killers, Number of the Beast, and Peace of Mind. But this time, they're going to tour with OzFest. Now, at this point in my life, my wife and I were planning our move to Florida. We were, uh, God, about a week away from going down and choosing a a house to live in. A little looking for a house to live in. We ended up choosing one and ended up living there for a year and ended up coming back. Uh, anybody want to rent or buy a condo in in Naples, Florida, you know, at com. let me know. Anyway, um, it was a week before we were going and, uh, we got tickets, boom, Ozfest. They, I didn't need great seats because, to tell you the truth, I could give a shit about 90% of the uh, the bands that were there. You know, the, I, I basically can't stand that new metal stuff where they're screaming. Uh, Black Label Society was interesting because it was Zach Wild. Um, you know, Rob Zombie we saw in the Second States, that was kind of interesting. Had, had no interest in anybody else. Uh, Black Sabbath closed the show. Um, and we left, oh, we didn't even stay for that because it, after a while it was just too late. I came there to see one thing, one thing only. And there was the band that for me saved the show from sucking Iron Maiden. They came out, they were unbelievable. They were, they were the best thing by far. You know, my, my cousin had, that, um, we, we was going to show with. there was like six of us or seven of us We were spread out all over the place. And, of course, Bill was there. I didn't, I didn't see him, but I, I emailed later a friend of ours, and he was there. And at that uh, Worcester Centrum show with uh, Dio and Motorhead, he was there, too. He was probably, like, ten people away from me. Didn't, never saw him that night. Um, but anyway, you know, the Ozfest show, unbelievable. Even during one of the songs, I got a water bottle that smacked up against my head and, uh, you know, knocked my knocked me a little silly. I didn't stop rocking. Um, you know it's a shame the way that that uh, Ozfest concert run ended, and um, you know Bruce who's the kind of guy that I guess likes to talk and he's opinionated, and he doesn't give a shit what you people or what anyone sh- says except his fans. He he doesn't care, and you know I guess he said some things that Sharon Osbourne would have found uh insulting to her and her husband. So instead of uh, discussing it with them, instead of asking them to leave early, she decides to egg them during the concert and and mess with their sound. Real professional, very professional. It it makes me not want to support an Ozfest ever again. Really, it does. It it makes me just not want to put another penny in her pocket. You know, I'll I'll gladly steal, uh, you know, music, if if I want it from her. I'll buy Maiden. I'll buy Megadeth. But I I don't know if I could buy Ozzy again because it goes to her, and it just it it bothers me. Um. Oh, where was I with that? I was going. Oh, and of course, look at OzFest this year. It's it's free. Look at the lineup. It's horrible. Um, you know, why would I want to see? Uh, I'd go see it for free, I guess. You know, but the fact that they have to do it for free is is pretty sad. But um, it was still a great time. Because it was still Maiden, it was cool seeing Maiden, you know, in the day th- in the daylight. That was the first, um, and they definitely were the best thing in the show. So I moved to Florida. M- no Maiden, no concerts, nothing happening. Um, no album, so no big deal. I come back from Florida in September, something like that. September. Um and the following month, October, they have a new album and tour. I, I got my tickets. I got my CD, A Matter of Life and Death. And we went to the show. God, we're almost up to like present day here. My history of Maiden in me is almost complete. Well, I'm sure I've missed a few things along the way. But, um, A Matter of Life and Death. Very good album. I'm trying to listen to it more now. A lot of Cool songs, very long songs, a lot of deep songs, very you know intricate changes and 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 stuff. There was a very there was a definite theme to this album: a war and battle. Very it was which I found cool. Um, but the concert, I went to see it at the BU uh, Agnes Arena, Boston University, and it was October of two thousand six. And I had. You know, I love Maiden. And seeing him again, you know, moving back here yeah. and, and seeing how Maiden made me feel like I was home again. Um, who opened up for them? Oh, God. Uh, Butterfly, Bullet for My Valentine, or something like that? Yeah, that's the name of the band. Another forgetful band opening for Maiden, you know, like Clutch. Actually, Clutch is the only other forgetful one. You know, all the other ones I kind of enjoyed. But um, th- they decided the Maiden decided that for the new album, they're going to play the entire new album. Then they're going to play some classic Maiden stuff. The idea of it is interesting. The um, you know the idea of playing full albums are interesting. I would I would much rather that they do something like what Queensrÿche did, where they they're coming out now and they're playing Mindcrime and Mindcrime Two. I'd like to see Maiden come out and say we're going to play, you know, Peace of Mind in its, in its entirety or Number of the Beast in its entirety because everyone knows those songs, everyone loves those songs. This one was brand new, and not everyone had become accustomed to it. And I remember putting it on my iPod and I take the train to work, and I'm like studying these songs. I'm trying to like a crash course in this this album so that I can, you know, enjoy as much as I could because I read online a week or two before that they were going to do this. And um, I didn't like it. You know, it was still made and it was still awesome. I just didn't like the decision. And uh, it was like you're almost waiting. One more song. Then they're going to finally do some old stuff. And then they finally slip into Fear of the Dark. And I remember my brother looking at me and going, oh, I don't know if I like, I don't like this song. Now, Fear of the Dark, it, to me, it, it, it's it's interesting to me because when it first came out, it was a very long song and I thought it was alright and interesting, but when I had I think it was Best of the Beast. I remember falling asleep listening to a live version of Fear of the Dark and hearing the crowd chant along with it. And, it, and I'm realizing this song is unbelievable live. And, um, you know, w- I don't know if you can hear that. There's like a water heater in, in here. I'm in my basement right now. Actually, it's my friend's basement. That's another story for another day. But um, right now, I'm freezing. My wife and I are living with friends. Oh, God, I like to go on tangents. Anyway, as I was saying, you know, Fear the Dark to me is a good studio song. Good song on an album. Excellent live song. Because the whole crowd sings along with not just the music, I mean, not just the lyrics, but the guitar, the melody that the guitar creates. the 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 whole oh, the whole cr- crowd sings it, and you get a you get a you, you jump around, you sing along. It was great. Then they think, let's see, what else did they do? They did uh, Two Minutes to Midnight," they did um, Hella Be Thy Name," they did only like f- uh, I think "Running Free" and "Iron Maiden." They did like f- something like that. They did five you know classics, and then the full album. And I left there, you know, just feeling disappointed, just feeling want like I wanted more. And hopefully I'll get more. You know, I, I don't know of any U.S. tour at this point, but the moment I hear about it, you're going to hear about it here on the Main Fan Podcast. Now this concludes my first uh, episode, which I think went, you know, all right, I basically set out to do what I wanted to do and that's talk a lot about Iron Maiden. I've almost gone an hour here. Basically, I think I did go an hour here. And um you know, they're definitely my favorite band. When I'm 40, they're going to be my favorite band ever. You know, by then maybe they'll be classic music, classic metal, I don't know. But Iron Maiden to me they're the best. What can I say? You know, they're not everyone's cup of tea, but to me, they're the best. Hopefully, you enjoy them too. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. And you know, maybe you're you're not a Maiden fan yet, which would be odd. The fact that you're still listening to this, if you're not, go pick up a couple albums. You know, try them out. If you are a Maiden fan, you know, up the irons, man. (laughs) I never quite understood what that meant, but I like to say it. You know, get out your copy of Peace of Mind. Hand it to your friend who thinks he knows what heavy metal's about. Teach him what hard rock music is, please. You don't have to scream. You don't have to screech. You can actually sing over hard music and it sounds good. <sighs> okay. This is where I end the show. Before I go, I want to mention a few more things that I've mentioned a few times already. Number one, my website, www.maidenfanpodcast.com. Number two, my email address, maidenfanpodcast at gmail.com. And number three, my voicemail, which is two oh six three three seven zero four six six. I hope you enjoyed it. You know, this episode, the show, this new podcast. I hope you come back for more, and please send me some some valid criticism. You know, I would like to hear what you have to say about Maiden. I would like to hear what you, you know, have to say about the show. I I would love for this to be you know a place where we could discuss, you know, albums, musicians, concerts, all focused around what I think is the biggest heavy metal band in the world, Iron Maiden. See you next time. Hey, one more quick thing. You know, uh, I'm using music here that, of course, is copyrighted by Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden Holdings, and Sanctuary Music. You know, uh, I'm not putting anything out there. I'm not putting out full songs, so I think it's okay. I think I have, like, 30-second snippets. But of course, to learn more about Iron Maiden, go to www.ironmaiden.com, and um, you know, up the irons. I'm just a fan.